I Call to Order, The Devil's Lettuce Film Society. This is a podcast where we invite you to get legally high with us and watch a movie with us. The podcast itself serves as a commentary track that you can sync up with your own copy of the film. I'm your host, The Shaman, joined as always by my co-host, El Pinchito. Meow! Meow, meow. And joining us once again on the show, our favorite returning guest, the one, the only, Vince Nitro. Make it a Nitro night. Ah, yeah, that's right. We're back. We've been on a little break. Tends to happen in the summertime. We all get kind of busy, but we're going to squeeze in an episode for you right here, right now, as we watch one of my favorite movies from last year, uh, a movie called CryptoZoo. No, this is not a Bitcoin scam. This is actually a psychedelic animated movie about a zoo full of fantasy creatures. It's like one part Jurassic Park, one part The Life Aquatic, and one part the D&D Monster Manual. Hmm. Excellent. And you know that I love some psychedelic animation. I, I don't know uh, what it is, but something about like a good crazy cartoon always feels appropriate for this show. And, like, cryptozoology is really, really rife to pluck for a crazy cartoon, too. Like, what a great backdrop for something like this. Yeah, exactly. And I love the animated style of this. It's got a really cool sort of, like, doodles in your trapper keeper aesthetic. Love it. And uh, I'm looking forward to showing it to you guys. But before we get to that, got to talk about what we're all imbibing. Uh, Pinchito, what is in your pipe tonight? Man, so I was pretty stoked because tonight um, I'm doing something new. It's this fancy shit uh, called, um, I mean, it's Oso Fuego Reserve because I'm a bougie Oso bitch. Reserve, you are bougie as bougie all hells, batch. my girl. Betches love bougie weed. It's me. I'm Betches. Yes. <laughs> Where did that stuff come from? Is that a, a bud mail purchase? OCS? Bud mail. Bud mail, of bud course. Mail. Always, 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 always. I mean, OCS, like, I don't know, man. I don't even want to get into it. It's fine. It's good. It works. It's just very expensive. Bud mail is a little bit more affordable. And that is certainly true. So what's the, the rundown on your, your Fuego? Yeah. So, so, well, actually, the strain is Polynesian Thin Mints. Uh, and it's a cross, it's a hybrid, it's, it's 50-50 Sativa Indica, and it's a cross between Girl Scout cookies and Face Off OG BX1. I was gonna make a joke that you got it from a Girl Scout, but there it is. There it is, there it is. Uh, and it's, it's, it packs a super heavy punch of effect, slamming your mind into your body with a level of potency that can easily knock out experienced people, patients. Which is nice, because I'm very experienced and I need that. Um, very subtle. Will this be the first time El Pinchito greens out mm, on the show? Probably not. Like, I mean, honestly, though, if, if uh, like, I've been smoking a lot of weed lately, so no. Um, but if I take enough of a break off and went back to this, oh yeah, this would fuck me right the hell up, man. This is like some strong shit. Yeah. But uh, effects, body high, cerebral, happy, relaxing, uplifting. These are all things I love. Um, and I mean, do we even really need to go down the downsides? Dry mouth, paranoia, anxiety. You might get too hungry and order too much pizza. Oh, no. Darkest timeline. 
darkest timeline. There's no real uh, terpene uh, information here, which we know What's how much terpene? we love. What is it? <laughs> well, we'll learn it here today, and we'll learn <laughs> and it again. We'll learn it again next time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. What do what do you what are you guys all imbibing? Lay it on me. Lay it on me, string beans. I got uh, some tuna OG. This is also a bud mail purchase. Uh, it is a a strain derived from OG Kush and Black Tuna, and uh, it's actually it's not as potent as uh, what you guys are both imbibing. Uh, it is only eighteen percent THC, but that is okay by me because I have been on a nice long like two week break, so so it's gonna hit me nice and hard. And yeah, you've been tea breaking something fierce lately, so yeah, you're gonna be in true. good shape. And uh, typical effects, it makes you chatty, it makes you happy, it energizes you, and you can use it uh, to treat apparently arthritis and migraines. So it's got some medicinal benefits there. Once you've handled her intense bouquet, it's fun time. Tuna OG brings a high that's super cerebral with a sense of energy that's hard to tame. Users feel incredibly happy and giggly, with some noticing an increase in arousal. So, uh, I might turn my webcam off once in a while, just uh, don't mind me. Your thoughts will begin to wander into a dreamlike state, and introspection is quite common. Before long, this mellow attitude transforms into one that's physical in nature with a strong case of the tingles and a desire to stay on the couch for the rest of the night. So that'll be fun. And uh, Vince, what are you partaking in? I've got a couple of things on the go tonight. I'm going to be smoking some Funk Master, which is a pre-shred blend. It's a uh, combination of Kush and Gas Aromas, and it comes in at 19% THC by weight. So it's a fairly high-powered flower. Um, it's actually surprisingly mellow. It's not a really kick you in the ass and launch you into space type of thing. It's a really nice sort of up and floaty on a cushion type of vibe you get from it. And then my supplement to that when I really want to kick it up is my Pure Sun Farms Hawaiian Sunset High THC Oil Pen, which comes in at 84.9% THC. And I haven't had enough time with it yet to really figure out what it does to you quite the right way. But according to the website, the Hawaiian Sunset High THC Vape from Pure Sun Farms offers an island tropical flowers, including papaya, mango, and cedarwood. Based on a fruit-forward flower from the Pure Sun Farms greenhouse, refined THC distillates combined with botanical terpenes, including limonene, miraki, alpha, and beta-pionine for a lush and soothing vape experience. Sorry, did you say limone? Limone! Limone? Okay, sure. <laughs> no, it's limonene. This is, <laughs> this is a, a running gag for us. Limone. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's limone. Limone. <laughs> it is Lamone. Well, it sounds like we all got some nice stuff in uh, in store for us. So uh, while we partake, why don't we kick off our film? This is, once again, Crypto Zoo from 2021, directed by Dash Shaw. And I've got it queued up to the zero mark. So I'm going to go three, two, one, play on play. I'll hit play. You can hit play on your own copy and we can just all watch together. So here we go with CryptoZoo. Three, two, one, play.
cryptid, from the Greek crypto meaning hidden, an animal whose existence is disputed or unsubstantiated. So, uh, so cryptocurrency is hidden money, I guess. Fitting. But, but also disputed or, uns- <laughs> disputed or unsubstantiated? Yeah, that scans. This style reminds me of those early 80s French animation, like animated features we'd watch on KV sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I uh, reference Drawn in Quarterly zines. Drawn in Quarterly is a publishing house out of Montreal, and they publish a lot of indie comics. I'm starting right off with a sex scene. a fetching look right up the nostril as you're zooming in on his face. <laughs> so this guy, Dash Shaw, uh, he does the the entire movie himself. He's only made one other film before this uh, that I really liked called My Entire High School is Sinking into the Sea. It's kind of like uh, the Poseidon adventure, but... <laughs> yeah, don't wipe with a random leaf. No... So what's the Drawn In Quarterly? Drawn In Quarterly is a, a publishing house out of Montreal, and they publish indie comics. And a lot of their comics have that kind of like rough pencil style. Uh, as I said in the intro, it's sort of like uh, Doodles in Your Trapper Keeper kind of a thing, right? Or maybe uh, Napoleon Dynamite is another point of reference. Like it has this kind of undisciplined look to it, but I love it. I really like how, how unique it looks. Yeah, it's like they didn't quite finish. Like, they started the pencil sketches of their drawing and didn't quite finish it. Like, you can see a lot of the guiding lines and stuff like that, or it feels that way anyway. It's sort of like like the guy you knew in high school who was really good at art. Like, that kind of... the stuff he wouldn't quite finish? Like, the stuff that you'd look in his sketchbook and, like, you'd see that kind of thing? Like, it wasn't finished pieces, right? Yeah, exactly. So what's cryptozoology again? <laughs> it's the study of like legendary and mythical creatures, like yeah, people think, people like who study big monster or yeah. Bigfoot or like uh, Ogopogo or things like that. Uh, I think Wendigos are another one like that. 
uh, Chupacabra would be another crypto. Yeah, animal. yeah, Chupacabra. I think even some of the Japanese things could qualify, right? Like, would a kitsune count as a crypto animal? I would say so. Oh, and what's the name of that one that has an eye in its butt? You know the one. <laughs> you know the one. You know, you know the one, one right? right? Oh, no. Oh, really? Okay, I gotta look this up. Asclops. <laughs> Not the Asclops. But it should be called the Asclops. I mean, at least colloquially. Hey, she's smoking a dube as well. Here we go. It's the uh, the Shirim is a Japanese uh, monster with an eye in its butthole. Huh. And the the folklore around it, like, it sounds like the kind of thing that's supposed to be like, ooh, scary, but it just makes me laugh every time where you'll see someone and they're following you, like walking at a distance, and then suddenly they'll bend over and spread their butt and an eye will look at you through their butthole. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the eye is necessary. It's kind of a hat on a hat at the point when someone who's been following you turns around and, like, parts their cheeks for you. You know, like, I think a half goatsy is enough on its own. It doesn't need an eyeball to really seal the deal. It's true. Like, I mean, at that point, like, eyeball or not. Yeah, whatever you get is just not You're what you were expecting that day. Way. Nobody wakes up that morning thinking, like, someone's going to do that to me today. All right, exactly. <laughs> There's probably someone out there who wakes up in the morning and is like, today, I'm going to look at some a Well, I mean, if you're like a fetishist who goes out of their way to get goat seed, then by all means, sure, you probably <laughs> wake up with an expectation, but most people won't. I bet the YouTuber Justin Wang wakes up with the expectation that he might see a butthole over the course of his day. I think he would frame it that he would have to see a butthole, because I don't think he necessarily wants to. I think he's just going to go out and do his research and, you know, buttholes are going to come out. Yeah, it's kind of like an occupational hazard at that point. Yeah. <laughs> they crossed the forbidden fence. Is this like a like Garden of Eden allegory? I was just about to say, it's very Adam and Eve feeling. You're picking up what uh, this animator's putting down. There are a lot of interesting allegories in this movie. Look at that broccoli of a dicky <laughs> Look at that broccoli of a dick. You know, he kind of looks like a man-at-arms from He-Man. Yeah, he really does. I'm with the girl. I don't think that I would approach random animals without knowing much about them. Like, man, random unicorn? No. Especially Seems like a random horse. Like a wild horse will kick the shit out of you. Right. Well. Ooh. Oh, oh boy. no! Wow. This took a turn. I mean, the other day I was uh, in High Park and I was at one of the benches near the pond and it's kind of secluded by like a big tree and like I was eating some snacks and like, man, every animal in that park decided to come ask for some food in that moment. Like, 
I'm sure they are I was totally accustomed do, to people They feeding. are, especially in that spot. I was surrounded by so many birds, like two squirrels, a couple chipmunks. Um, I think a rabbit even came by. Like, it was bananas. I felt like, you know. We have videos of guy doing the Disney princess thing at the cottage. If you stand by the bird feeder and put some bird seed in your hand and hold it out and stand really still, <laughs> some little birds will land on your hand and eat the seed out of your hand. There was one time that I was walking through Strathcona Park in Ottawa, and I was stoned, and listening to a podcast. And the podcast I was listening to was about movies where the focus is like swarms of animals, like the birds, you know, that kind of thing. And at one point, I'm walking along, and I'm high, and I turn around and look over my shoulder idly, and like a dozen squirrels were following me, hoping for snacks. <laughs> But of course, I'm listening to this podcast about like monstrous swarms of youthful animals. So I turn around and go, Wah! It's like that Rick and Morty scene where Morty understands the squirrels and realizes that they're the responsible party for like every world conspiracy. <laughs> Dude, she's beating the hell out of this unicorn. Morty. Jesus. This movie is not very pro unicorn. Never approach a unicorn if you're not a virgin. Ah, sound advice. So the unicorn ate the man? No, just impaled him, and then she yeah, took... Yeah, like through the heart, and yeah, then and she then brained it. She took revenge. <clears throat> pinchy. Sky Pinchy. Sky Pinchy. I've been eating an awful lot of Pinchies lately. Oh, have you? Is it like season time? It, it is yeah, lobster summer, season it? here, yeah. So, like, just. She's awfully strong to carry a full grown dude in a fireman's carry. Yeah. But also, like, just don't climb over the fence, guys. The fence is there for a reason. Yeah. Like, that's not an accidental fence. That's not like someone put some shit up, like, you know, 100 years ago and it's collapsed since then. Also. I gotta ask, like, okay, imagine we three are out in the woods together. We've gotten high, we're walking yep. around, we come upon this fence, and we're like, we gotta climb it. What? Would you do it naked? No! <laughs> I would put my clothes on to yes. climb a fence. <laughs> I wouldn't like to even climb a fence without shoes on, because I think that the chain links would hurt in between your toes. Yeah, probably. Also, like, if, like, for you guys, like, I can't imagine having, like, an organ outside my body that, like, is just unprotected. Oh, you would absolutely catch your bag on one of those little twist tie tops of them, too. Ooh, ooh, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> the old bag snag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a killer. Man, dude, this is already way fucked up. And we haven't seen, like, any really crazy monsters other than savage cryptids, huh? That's quite the warning. And, like, anything that's a warning that uses the descriptor savage in the warning is yeah. not fucking around. Like, they're not playing. There you go. Oh, what the fuck is that one, the bird with the snake? Uh, is that a, a Quetzalcoatl? Maybe, yeah. I think like it is. Q the Winged Serpent? Or maybe it's like a cockatrice of some kind? Yeah, and like a griffin would be in here as well. 
I think there is a griffin in there. So cool. Yeah, this is super slick. So another thing is if I'm out in the forest and I come upon a sign that says danger, savage cryptids, I'm leaving, but I'm stealing that sign. Yep. <laughs> next thing you see in the news the next day, you know, man dies to savage cryptid attack. There was no warning sign anywhere. I had no idea this was going to happen. <laughs> Owners of the crypto zoo are liable. Supposed to have signs around, guys. All that's left of him is an ass with a suspicious eyeball shoved in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a crypto serial killer. That's the calling card. Like, instead of putting a coin on the eye, he puts an eyeball in the guy's asshole and that calls it a day. Calls <laughs> <laughs> it a day. <laughs> So, Pinchy, I think you're the only one of us who's done anything kind of like this style of animation, right? You've done, like, actual hand-drawn animation? Yeah, I've done rotoscoping before, and, like, wow. Man, that tested the limits of my sanity, let me tell you. Like, especially, I lowered the frame rate, too, like, in, with the number of frames I was copying by hand, but, like, oh my god, like, I really had to cut some corners. Like, stop motion is so much fun, but it's not that... Time-consuming. I have done stop motion, but I haven't done, like, rotoscope animation in that way. I have done rotoscoping, but uh, for different applications. Like, like fine-tuning uh, green screen, for example. One of my, one of the favorite things that I did was, um, like, shooting, um, like, wet paper towel, me throwing, like, food coloring on it from above and shooting from below and then, like, turning that into, like, a Rorschach thing in After Effects. There's some fun stuff you can do that I haven't done really cool. in a long time. But this is hardcore animation, man. Like, look at how, like, look at, like, how many unique frames there are. And this is, like, an hour and a half. You know how much fucking work this must have taken? And, like, even the detail on the coloring, too. Like, it's really nice-looking watercolor. Or at least some semblance of it. So, in case you missed it, uh, this is our hero. Uh, her name is Lauren Gray. And she is a cryptozoologist who is like, a, she's sort of like a PETA, but for cryptids. She, she frees cryptids around the world.
And all of this is because as a child, she had an encounter with a creature called the Baku, which is an elephant-like creature that eats dreams. Wasn't there one of the elder gods in Call of Cthulhu that was that as well? It was like an elephant god that would go into your dreams and then lure you to it and then it would do whatever it does once it gets a hold of you. You can't really know what the, you know. I don't know offhand, but I certainly wouldn't doubt it. I'm pretty sure there is. I have one of the old source books and I'm almost positive that that's the case. Oh, banging. So much fucking. It's just pictures of fucking, though. It's not. It's just drawings of fucking. There's a bit of, like, shadow run to this as well. Yeah. Like, you know, fantasy creatures, but running these underworld operations. She's going to the, the satyr's orgy to get a tip on where she can find this bird creature. No, this is super interesting so far. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, trading blue jeans for a tip. Yeah, the water effects are awesome too. Look at that. I love the the parallax effect too. Yeah, very smartly put together. Oh shit! Oh, she's like a harpy. So cool. You know who she reminds me of? Who's that? The girl from the Max. Oh, you mean like in her demeanor? That sort of... Yeah. 
deadpan. The way she tone. speaks, like the cadence of her speech and the way she carries herself. Not look, she doesn't look at all like her, but like the way she acts and talks is very similar. There's something about like animation that can like capture something that like film can't. Like it's almost more real sometimes in a way. <laughs> well, because it can define the rules of its universe. Like we're bound to whatever we can do in reality, right? Exactly. There's no binding like that. You can dictate your reality in animation however you see fit. And as long as you stay consistent with that, eventually you start to buy into it, right? It's, you it's watch it for long real. enough and your brain just gets into that beat. And buys into what you're looking at. And then once you do that, and then you start imposing that reality on people, well, that becomes their reality. They're doing like the Indiana Jones thing where a rival hunter is intercepting her catch. You know what this this movie is making me miss a lot is um, Archer. It's still on though, isn't it? Yeah, there's a new season. It is, but like it lost something after uh, whatever season they like. I don't know. They went into like they did like a noir world where like Archer was yeah, in a coma. Yeah, they did like Archer Vice. They did a bunch of different like iterations of Archer. Yeah. For like three or four seasons. <coughs> That's so fucked up. Egg baby. Egg baby. That was yesterday's movie. <laughs> God, it really was. Now yesterday, Vince and I watched. Uh, pterodactyl woman from Be beverly hills oh, it was really it was something. a lot yeah <laughs> not in a good way pterodactyl woman from beverly hills think you know like the shtick from thinner where the guy does something to piss the gypsy off and then the guy crits a curse that but he does it to an archaeological dig site and this ancient lizard person spirit turns his wife into one into a pterodactyl. Into a pterodactyl? But that does not stop their sex life whatsoever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he full on goes to the bone zone with a pterodactyl woman. <laughs> he does. Anyway, I don't recommend it. It wasn't no. actually a very good movie. No. Like, don't take us talking about this sounding like it's awesome. It's not. It was really decidedly unawesome. <laughs> Decidedly unawesome. No so, like, we just like totally forgot about those two people at the beginning, right? Uh, don't worry, they'll come back.
It's funny because my primary association with Gorgon and Medusa is just the Castlevania games, and she's just like a mid-level boss in those games. There's not really a lot to her. <laughs> but like, why she would be under the employ of Dracula has always been questionable. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> This has a Neil Gaiman vibe to it. Yeah. This is very Sandman-esque. This style of animation really takes advantage of the medium, too. Like, I like these sort of... It's almost like... Uh, an illustration you'd see in a book where it like lays out and labels the contents of this suitcase. Yeah, it's like exposition, but done as an infographic. So it's interactive. It's yeah, not exactly. someone just it's talking just... to you about something. It's showing you as it goes along. They have there like these like context. storybook infographic quality to it. Like this shot too. Exactly. That looks like a PSA for like air safety. It's really cool. <clears throat> more movies did stuff like that. She's giving the old lady the look like it's a bit weird that you'd fetishize my cryptishness like that, but you know. <laughs> hey, that is where two people I know are right now. And this is literally what's happening to them at this moment. Yeah, at this point, from this point in the movie onward, we're actually just watching like closed circuit camera footage of them. The sound in this is so unnerving. Well, that's another thing, right? Like, this is, of course, because it's animation, this is all artificial. I'm not recording any live sound for this. It's all these sound constructed soundscapes. I love the freedom that gives you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the pre-evolution pokemon of what assy mcgee turned out to be <laughs> does this count as a cryptid or is this just a an unfortunate boy 
the scene transitions, man. Yeah. So you've seen this before, right? Uh, I've I've only seen it once before, but yes. I have not. This is all due to me. Is it blowing your mind the way it's blowing mine? It is. Okay, cool. (laughs) It's so unnerving in such a specific way that I can't quite put my finger on. And I'm not just handing my son over. Like, in the way that, like, Bobby Yeah is, like, really unnerving. But, like, for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say Bobby Yeah is far more unnerving than this. Yeah, Bobby Yeah is, like, in that Meat Canyon level of unnerving. Like, that viscerally creepy, crawly sort of way. And if the listeners at home want, they can hear Pinchito's reaction to seeing Bobby Yeah for the first time on one of our previous episodes. God! <laughs> and The Cat with Hands, also by Robert Morgan. Yeah, The Cat with Hands is an old school one. Oh, both of those, man. Like That was one... Didn't we find The Cat with Hands, like, one night just randomly on CBC in one of their animation blocks, like, late at night, and we were super stoned, and that came up? I think I told that story in the episode, but yeah, it was ZTV. Yeah. which was an old uh, like variety show on CBC. And it was like you'd have animated segments and short films and music videos, kind of like a late night punk thing. Yeah, it was like all counterculture sort of stuff. Yeah. It was not, you know, not, nothing mainstream. It was all just sort of like outsider art. That is where we first saw the cat with hands. Aha, uh-huh, you see that? The Unicorner store. Uh-huh. Oh, shit, there's a Hydra. No, that's Tiamat. Is it Tiamat? <laughs> it looks like Tiamat. Is this their like little cryptid town or something? This is the Crypto Zoo. It's like Jurassic Park, but for cryptids. It's like a two-headed griffin. <laughs> I love the way his shirt is buttoned up, the top button only. Yeah, his shirt's like a do-rag. <laughs> this is saying something, though, because the actual cryptid lady is not super on board with all this stuff that this lady's earnestly pushing on her. And every time she raises a concern, she's like, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Look how awesome this is. And the lady's like, I don't know about all that. Mm. Ooh, nice ramen bowl, though. Yeah, some of those look pretty darn tasty. I think they're Maybe real photos. So. Yeah, they are. I love a good bowl of ramen like that, like with all the stuff in it and everything, not just like packaged ramen. <laughs> I 
That's a really big swing between their two favorite things to do. I like to throw rocks at shit and entertain people by dancing. <laughs> Don't be fooled by their entertaining dance. They'll just, they're waiting to throw a rock yeah, at you. Yeah, they're like juggling and you're all into it. And then all of a sudden they just like whip the rocks <laughs> at you and you're like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> the Tarask? The Tarask. Nice. <laughs> I wasn't kidding when I said it was like Jurassic Park meets the D&D Monster Manual. Will-O-Wisps. Goodbye, <laughs> Fart. That is <laughs> what I like will him. call myself. <laughs> Fart. I, I like this name. These synth pads they're using are absolutely fucking gorgeous, too. Oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna have to watch this again with everybody. This is so good. Oh. That old lady's banging Bigfoot. Old fucking. <laughs> I mean, go get yours, old lady. If he's down for it, then get on both of you. Down to Squatch. The animation style is really interesting because, like, it is almost like that South Park style paper cutout animation, right? He's not drawing every frame. He's definitely got these paper puppets that he's animating. 
but the style's really rough hewn and hand drawn. Like in a way, like South Park was very clearly cut out pieces of cardboard and then computer graphics aren't made to look like that. This looks very hand drawn. Yeah, and you can like really, the line work and stuff. Like look at the polka dots on her. Mm-hmm. You can see them right? filled in by hand. But also like you can sort of if you look, you can see the different pieces of the paper puppets, like how they're yeah. how they're put together uh, with you know movable joints. Yeah, that was done in like a really really rudimentary way in like mm-hmm. the '60s Hulk cartoon, right? Like just having oh, yeah. like the eyes and the hands would move, and like it'd be a still picture, but you'd have like two motion points on the screen at any given point in time. It was like either the mouth or the hands or something. And it was like sort of a narrated comic book with very slight animations to it. Mm-hmm. And like, man, there are some comic books that are just so realistic, like with the world they create and like to have it be one of those with like some animation behind it it's just like so fucked up mm-hmm. especially because like even in the background the fidelity is not that high and and like at some point you have to ask yourself like how much detail is enough to tell a story that's super realistic you know because clearly it's not as much as you think yeah what a pain to have to sedate every snake come out of your head every morning you think she could just get like a a towel soaked in ether or something like put it on her head for a minute and take it off (laughs) truly are a man of solutions vince streamline that shit don't do it individually Maysville, Kentucky. I love those transition shots of like blowing over like the water or the clouds and stuff like that. The way they do nature effect is great. Mm-hmm. It is pretty bananas. Yeah, I just absolutely love the way everything, like all the little details are rendered in this. Black kitty cat. Man, what an interesting, like, stacking contrast of, like, ideas, right? Like, zoos Mm -hmm. and strip clubs. These, like, subtitles, since we can't hear them due to the club being loud, that's that's straight out of... uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. It's a good effect.
I love how they mix in like cut out photos too, like that black cat image. This movie features a lot of perving on fantasy creatures. Wow. Oh, that's my cue. The music, man, that just like drum line, that like sinister drum line, swear to God. Dude.
cryptid equality now. But she's still not listening to the girl's concerns, though. Like, every time... She's super dismissive of it every single time. Love the color work. That's a cool effect. I'm just always amazed when something like that can be replicated, you know, artificially. Like that's unmis that's unmistakably the sun setting. The way the shadows elongate, the way the colors change through different shades of like pink and purple. You look at that and you're like, oh, it's sunset. But no, the an artist created that. And the fact that it's just so instantly I don't know, perceivable like that. Yeah, recognizable yeah. that that's what it is. Not even just recognizable. It's just sort of like, I don't know. We don't even think of it like somebody created it. We think of it like we're just looking at something that we see all the time. That's a sunset. I think that's really neat. It's very illusory. Cool. I've been practicing reading tarot cards for a while now. It takes a long time, man. I have my deck, but I usually just use like an online guide to tell me what it means. I only usually do like the major arcana. I don't usually go for like the tens through the twos I don't bother with. No, why not? Just it's too much. Like I just play with it. Like I'll usually just do a simple three card read with the major arcana or something like that. And even that's like more than I can do without help. Oh, like, yeah, that's why it's, it's, I can't do it without help. That's what I mean. Like, it takes a long time. It's like, you just get very familiar with the cards over time through doing readings and like referring to guides. And, and then like at some point too, you can start to break down like, like there's like, no, like numbers carry like an insinuation and then layer that with like, like a fire like suit like um like wands and yeah. you know it there's just there's layers of symbols on it and like it's really up to interpretation no i picked up a really cool deck when i was in new orleans with uh shaman with uh another friend of ours it was a good trip and i got it in the front what's that it was a good trip i remember you buying that tarot deck yeah. It's a great, like the artwork on it's gorgeous. I'll bring it up next time we're going to hang out, Pinchy. Show it. 
It's fucking awesome. It's so it's a feast to look at. Man, I also I also have so recently, and I'm gonna I'm gonna totally advertise this because I think it's important. It's like Matt Pizal, Matthew Pizal made a, a tarot deck recently, and like it's my new favorite thing. I give out I do readings for people, and I give the cards. They, I pull one card, and whatever their card is, I give it to them, and I let them go home and look it up, and I try to tell them as much as I know about it offhand, but. Um, I think cool. it's such a cool deck, man. They found the Baku. Oh, is that what that is? It's like a elephant. Dream elephant. They're a lot more cavalier and cool with something devouring their dreams than I would be. I don't really remember my dreams very often, so whatever. Maybe something is eating them already. He is a rival cryptid hunter. Oh, oh shit. she took out her contacts. Yeah, see the satyr who's like a, a criminal underworld uh, cryptid trader. Who the he's been giving tips to. Lauren Gray, who runs the uh, the crypto zoo, but he's also been selling out her operation to her rival, who's this other guy. Yeah, he's so. kind of been a double agent this whole time. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, he's a poor, sad dream elephant.
I love like the map. Look at that map. It's like a like a Zelda map or something. That they're flying over in a helicopter with like cloud cover underneath it, like in between the layers. I resemble that remark. Oh, shit. It's a Kenku. They're also almost like the Espers from Final Fantasy VI. It's like a Kenku and a rock. Oh, shit. Well, that takes care of that. How many things can go wrong at one time? All of them. All of the things have gone wrong at one time. So cool. I love the splashes of paint. Oh, the water effects. Look at the ripple. Yeah, the, yeah, man. It's fucking bananas. I am so perturbed by it. It's just really interesting layers of different kinds of visual styles, like the sort of splatter paint background, and then... Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Remember what's untamable. 
Whoa, that's a big beak! <laughs> Got him! She spared him a painful death by turning him to stone first. I thought she was trying to choke the crap That's out what, of That was my angle. <laughs> that was what I thought she was doing. There it is. No, but see... She was like, it'll just have a sore throat. She didn't want to kill it. Oh, fuck. World's biggest snake, a snake, a snake. It's a snake, the snake. A... That's like German gun size. Can her snakes talk to the other snake and then they can be snake friends? No, they're all passed out. Sleepy snack. Sleepy snack. Oh, it's the rock-throwing goblin yeah, boys. Yeah, punch him. Or do an entertaining dance. Which one are you going to get? You don't know.
Look who it is. Oh, yeah. Saved by the Pegasus. Everything going wrong again? Oh shit. Gustav got it. Got goose stopped. Man, how many bullets does this guy have? It's a handgun. I don't know anything about guns, and I know they don't have that many bullets. He's got infinite bullet hacks. Cool. It's a wicked shot. Oh shit. Uh oh. Holy fuck. 
It's like the crypto apocalypse. <laughs> what is that thing, a manticore? Man. <laughs> That's horrifying. That is such a horrifying, like, wow. D&D creature. Oh, I, I used to know what those things were called. The weird, the weird flying deer. What is the weird flying deer called? A periton. P-E-R-Y-T-O-N. A periton is a mythical hybrid animal combining the physical features of a stag and a bird. Poor mighty Peking man. Oh, snap. Whoa. Oh shit, the goblins. <laughs> yeah, right on cue. Bad trip. <laughs> She's got an uncanny sense of direction because she'd only just been to that zoo like the one time and then all this shit happened.
when you got that many snakes on your head, like you. Yeah, it's true. They might have some like their own perception of the world and be able to like feed into what you do. I bet it. I bet over a hundred. His facial skin has the texture of corn on the cob. <laughs> the legendary corn squatch. Also known as big corn. How did you learn about this movie again? Um, I don't remember where I first heard about it. I know that it played at a bunch of film festivals. I think it was at TIFF. It may have been at Fantasia. Um, I can't remember how it originally came on my radar, but I watched it in the context of uh, a film society meeting. I'm a member of a film society, and we were going to do our year-end meeting where we talked about our favorite films of 2021. And this was on my list of films to watch for 2021. And so I watched it, and it's one of my favorite films of last year. I have it ranked as my number nine film of last year. It's high praise. You watched a lot of movies last year. Hey, my eyes are down here. <laughs> nice. All went to shit.
That's Gore killing it again. The little dragon wisp thing. Yeah. It's all the little details. Like you, It looks very simplistic to look at it like as a style, but there is so much intricate detail that goes into all of this to make it look that oh, way. Oh, yeah. It's not simplistic at all, man. Like... That's the beauty of simplicity, is it like, it takes so much concerted effort to pull off. Never heard of a Medusa snake bite doing like a flesh warping effect like that. No, they're like Shimisi snakes from Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, she's going to eat all of his cryptid dreams. Wow, even those, the way those like, little balls are dry. The lights form a big middle finger and then just fly <laughs> off into space. <laughs> Goodbye, Moon Man. Yeah, what's his face from uh, Flight of the Concords killed that role? Jermaine Clement. Yeah, he was so good at that. He's really good in almost everything he does, though. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Was she wearing it like a, a necklace or it was just like stuck to her so much? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where she was keeping it. It was like around her neck, like a, like a necklace. She was wearing it.
Whoa! It's time for a rave! It's like the time I got really, really stoned at a party in Barry's Bay at a cottage place. And I was standing on the porch and they put Roman candles down and lit them. And the first ones that fired off made the whole bundle fall and point towards me. So I'm standing on the porch as like Roman candle lights are like exploding behind me and just whizzing by my face. (laughs) And I'm super baked. So I'm like, this is an amazing show. Like these are super interactive. And my buddy's like, get the fuck down. Oh my God. Come on, little gobbledygooks. Glim globs. What up, my glim globs? The glob glow gab glab. Is Rick and Morty still on? Is that still going? Yeah. The new season's supposed to start, like, in some time. It's another one I stopped watching. I think it peaked around season three. For sure. I still say that it's like an individual episode. The one about the Citadel of Ricks is probably the best episode they've ever done. Because they tie like five stories into tight packages in the span of one episode. And like they don't feel like any of them have suffered for time on screen or anything like that. Which that's the one where all the versions of Rick. Yeah, there's like. The four Mortys are doing the stand by me thing, and then the cop Rick and the cop Morty, and then evil Morty going for the presidency, and then the guy having the hostage situation with simple Rick's cookies. Like. <laughs> and then, like, the side story of the, uh, the Morty that was the campaign director for evil Morty who didn't believe in it, so he got let go, and then he has, like, the deep throat sort of expose on everything. Oh no, Baku doesn't want to go Baku. She needed that as much as Rutger Howard needed that sword cane. <laughs> nah, she's letting the Baku go. Hey, isn't that interesting? I hadn't really considered that the first time I watched this, but like her dream is the crypto zoo and the Baku, the dream eating creature in a way, ate her dream, right? Her dream is now dead because of the Baku. Is it because of the Baku? How is it because of the Baku? Her her pursuit of the Baku led to all of these catastrophes. So metaphorically, the Baku killed her dream as well. My only thing, though, is, okay, if crypto animals or crypto creatures are super tenable as mass weapons in war, and they have a whole island of them just in stock there, 
there's no military for that crypto zoo. Like, what stopped the U.S. military from not needing that stupid-haired guy to go and do all their dirty work for them? They could just annex that island and take every single one of those cryptids and be like, okay, well, now we got the whole fucking arsenal. Well, Vince, I don't have an answer for you. You'll just have to take it up with the the caveman, uh, the, the Bigfoot corn man. I'm going to have words for that boy. So good, though. I love the water effect. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> nice. If she's gone back to be a vet for regular animals. Man, even that, like, subtle blinking. Yeah. It felt like all the lights in my room were going out as that was going out. I was so focused <laughs> on it. Yeah. But then you become hyper-aware of, like, your own, like... like it no, break, don't it, do it. You're going to make me, like, become really aware of my breathing or my tongue and <laughs> my mouth or all that shit. It broke hey, the fourth wall. <sighs> your skeleton is wet. Oh, it's always wet. <laughs> To my stomach, all potatoes are mashed potatoes. It's true. <laughs> wow, man, that was so fucked up and so good and so That was, that was fantastic. Such a cool movie. I mean, you heard me gushing like, all the way through, but like, hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with that movie. It was fascinating the entire way through. Like, the score was gorgeous. The art style was incredible and a feast for the eyes. The subject matter was interesting the whole time and like catching the allegories here and there was really cool. And it's fun because it's like it's also an adventure movie. It really does lean into like Jurassic Park, but with weird monsters. And I mean, that's just awesome on its own. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. And uh, take a look at the cast list here. See anybody you recognize? Michael Cera. Yeah, Michael Cera was one of the main guys. Who? I believe he was the guy at the very beginning. Who got impaled by the unicorn. Oh, shit. All right, Pinchy, what do you give this? What's your rating for CryptoZoo? I I give that, like, 800 butts with an eyeball. <laughs> 
800 butts with an eye out of how many? Too many. Out of too many butts with an eyeball in them. Uh, I gave this like a 85%, you know, 8.5 out of 10. I think it's pretty darn good. Really like this movie. And uh, Vince, how do you rank this? You said this would be top tier yeah. if we watched it. I would call this probably 9 out of 10 broccoli dicks. <laughs> broccoli dicks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Pinchy, how do you rate your... Was it Polynesian Thin Mints? Yeah, Polynesian Thin Mints, man. It's honestly, it's it's real good. Uh, I I I give it mm, four Medusa snakes out of five. Nice. What about and, what about you guys? Well, Tune OG definitely mellowed me right out. Got me got me munted in that indica way, and yeah, you know, thumbs up. It's not like. I wouldn't call this a party strain, but for chilling out, I, I do recommend it. And Vince, you, you, yeah, you you mixed a couple of things, right? Yeah, I had my Funk Master and my uh, my oil pen, and I'd say the combination of the two worked really well together. I've got that awesome buzzy feeling, like between my shoulder blades up my neck, and the buzz in the sides of my temples, and it just feels great. Oh, and amazing! It was a nice, you know, chill floaty sort of high the entire time not so buzzy in my head that i couldn't think and like chat throughout the movie or anything it's just a good coasting high so i'd say four to five hell yeah we all like the movie we all liked our strains guys it's good to be back it's good to be back it is good to be back i always love doing these things with you guys hell yes and uh, we got lots more in store i know our watch list is pretty long so stay tuned and uh, catch you next time on the next episode of the Devil's Lettuce Film Society. Good night, everybody. Pew, 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 pew.